Sometimes things don't quite go as planned. You plan that vacation only to wake up on the first day of vacation as you're planning to load the car and one of your kids has a 102 temperature. You purchase that brand new automobile that you've had your eye on for weeks and weeks and finally it's yours. You bring it home into the driveway only to find out that the motor's been recalled. You eat at a brand new restaurant in town only to find out that it's been cited by the health department for salmonella. Sometimes things don't go quite like we want them to. Things weren't going quite as Joshua planned here in Joshua chapter 5. He had never in his wildest imagination planned to be the leader of the nation of Israel as they entered into the promised land. He was the, the gopher. He was the, the, the second command. He, he was second to Moses. He just helped out and worked in the background. But all of a sudden, as God removed Moses from the scene, God placed Joshua in that leadership position that he had never planned to be in. And Joshua had a plan for getting the people in the promised land. And then he got to the Jordan River. And it was at flood stage. That wasn't quite what he was expecting, but the Lord had things in mind. You remember that great story as he parts the waters of the Jordan River just as he had parted the Red Sea and the people enter the promised land on dry land. For four decades... Joshua and the people of Israel had been surviving on the manna that God had been providing every morning long, but as they entered the promised land, all of a sudden that manna stopped. (laughs) And they had to come up with a new plan just for breakfast. And then there was Jericho. Now, Jericho wasn't a complete surprise for Joshua. He'd been there before. He was one of the spies who had been uh, sent into the promised land to survey things. He'd seen the walls. He'd he'd seen the mighty armies. And and you'll remember that Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that returned saying, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but God is bigger than the challenge we face. But that was hard enough when that something that they were about to face was in the future. Now it was today. And here this new leader stood looking at the walls of Jericho, no doubt wondering, what in the world have I gotten myself into? That wasn't exactly a crisis of faith. Uh, Joshua, again, still believed that he served a big God, a God who was bigger than those walls. But it was time to put that faith into action And Joshua must have been wondering exactly how that was all going to work out. And then he meets someone he was not expecting. That's where we pick up the story here in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals 
for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This morning I want to invite you to do something. Look up and join God's army. Now that may not have been what you've been planning to do this morning. I don't know what your plans are for the day. I'm sure you've got lots of things that are on tap that you're planning on doing. Well, you're ready to have just an exciting time with your family and friends, and that's all good. You need to do that. But, but, but as we go about our day today, realize we may be faced with some challenges that we weren't expecting. Joshua knew from the very beginning, this was not going to be easy. It wasn't that he disagreed with the other spies' assessment of the promised land as they came back reporting to Moses and to the people, hey, this land is full of giants. It's full of mighty armies. It's it's full of these fortified cities. Joshua knew all of that was true. He didn't disagree with them on the facts. But what Joshua and Caleb said was, Well, that's all true, but our God is bigger than all of that. When the other spies had insisted the task was impossible, uh, Joshua and Caleb stood firm. Uh, That story is told back in Numbers chapter 14, verse 8. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Now that wasn't easy for Joshua to say, especially when everybody else, other than Caleb, was saying the exact opposite. Now, in the situation Joshua faces in Joshua chapter 5, it was infinitely harder Joshua was now standing with the people of Israel in sight of the walls of Jericho. There was no turning back now. It was time to put his money where his mouth was. It was time to put his faith into action. And then... There was this soldier in the middle of the road. Joshua 5, 13 and following describes how Joshua is going around. He's surveying the walls of Jericho. Again, he's seen these before, but now he's got to come up with a plan of how they're going to actually accomplish this enormous task. And, And as he is surveying those walls, you can imagine what's going through his mind thinking, wow, I knew these were big, but they didn't know they were that big. And I knew that that army was big, but it's everywhere. They're all along the edge of the wall, and there's no telling how many of them are in. You know, you can just imagine all the things that are going through his mind. And as he's thinking of all these obstacles that are in his path, he then has a physical obstacle in his path, a soldier standing with his sword drawn. That's not usually a good sign. No doubt Joshua must have had a moment of sheer terror, of thinking, okay, I brought these people into the land. I'm the one that's supposed to be leading them, but I'm about to not be here anymore. (laughs) His journey as the leader of Israel was going to end before it had even begun. 
Now, to his credit, though, Joshua doesn't turn and run. Instead, he walks up to the soldier and he asks him the obvious question of the moment. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? (laughs) Friend or foe? Which is it? The one thing that you can know in life, there are a lot of things we can't know, there are a lot of things that we, we can't foresee, but the one thing we can know is that life is always going to bring the unexpected. The roof is going to leak. The car is going to break down. That brand new cute little puppy is going to have fleas. And it's going to happen at the worst possible moment. When you least expected it, when you are the least prepared, boom, everything changes. Life brings challenges. Sometimes they're expected. Again, Joshua had stood in this place before. He'd seen the walls of Jericho. He knew the challenge that lay ahead. That part wasn't a surprise. But sometimes life brings some surprises Joshua expected the walls. He didn't expect an armed soldier to confront him on the path. For life's expected challenges, and even for those challenges that come out of nowhere, we can be confident. I don't know what you're facing this week. I don't know what's going on in your life today. I sure don't know what's going to be going on in the days to come. None of us does. But what I can know is that God is bigger than our challenges. Now, that part we can know. I I don't know what you're going to face. I I don't know what problems are going to come confronting you, those things that you know that you're about to face tomorrow, that that desk that's piled high with all that stuff you've got to get done at work, all those things that you know are about to come, and the things that you don't know that are around the corner. Those things you don't see coming. God's bigger than all of it. Joshua is there surveying the next challenge for Israel, the city of Jericho. We're not told what was going through his mind, but it's not too hard to figure out. No doubt he was trying to come up with some strategy. He was in leadership now. And, and everybody in Israel was looking to him for the plan. They were wanting him to come back from this, this survey of Jericho and rally the troops and say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. And Joshua had nothing. <laughs> nothing. The well was dry. The walls were big. The army was strong. No visible weakness. Not only was this not going to be easy, Joshua had no idea what they were going to do. And then he's confronted with something totally unexpected. Again, he knew all of that first stuff. He knew all of the giant walls and big army stuff. But now he is personally confronted with this soldier right there in the middle of the path. And so he asked him, hey, are you for me or against me? Which side of the line are you on today? And he gets an answer he surely was not expecting. Verse 14, neither, he replied. Okay, 
Are you on our side or are you on their side? Are you going to fight for us or are you going to fight for them? Are you a friend or foe? Are you, you a helper or are you an enemy? Well, neither one. <laughs> and then what he heard must have blown his mind. The soldier looks at him there in verse 14. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for my servant? Okay, here's where Joshua was. I think probably you've been there too. He was at the end of his abilities. He was in way over his head. He had no clue what he was going to go back and tell the leadership of Israel to get ready to do, to win this battle of Jericho. And now, <laughs> the commander of the army of the Lord was right there. And so Joshua says, I'm, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here a little bit, but I'm almost sure this is what was going through his heart and his mind. He's saying, Lord, I don't have a clue what to do here. Have you been there? <laughs> Have you been in that situation where you're going, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have an answer here. Lord, help me. That's what Joshua says. He looks at that soldier, that commander of the army of God, and he says, what's God's message for me? Lord, what do I do? And here's what the commander says. He doesn't say, okay, you're going to take ten men, go down to this corner. You're going to take another ten men, go down this corner, get everybody else. They're going to come down the middle. These other guys are coming in from the sides. You'll have them all surrounded, and then you're going to win. No. He doesn't give him a battle plan. Or put another way, he gives him the best battle plan for the believer. He tells him to worship. The way he says it is, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. Now think about that a minute. Joshua is at the end of his rope. He doesn't know what he's going to tell all of the leadership of Israel. He doesn't know how in the world he's going to fix this. He's in way over his head. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He says, God, what do I do? Give me a plan. Give me something. Something I can go back and tell my people so that they can think I know what I'm doing. And God said, before you do any of that, there's one thing you've got to do. If you don't get anything else right today, worship. Worship. This was no ordinary soldier. He belonged neither to Israel nor to the, their enemies. This was the commander of the army of the Lord. And so the reaction that Joshua has is the only thing that makes sense. He, he falls down and he worships. What he heard from the commander of the Lord's army no doubt astounded him. He'd heard the same words from Moses when Moses told him what God had said to him before the burning bush. When Moses was in a similar situation, didn't know what he was going to do. God had told him the same thing. Take off the sandals for the place where you're standing. is holy. Before you do anything else, worship. 
It's no accident that Joshua receives this same message. No doubt he'd heard Moses describe that event in his life over and over and over again. And he surely must have imagined in his own mind, as I'm sure that you have, as we've read through those stories of of the Scripture of Moses there before the burning bush. No doubt Joshua had imagined, what would it have been like if I had been there right in the presence of God? And now there he was. In the presence of God. Joshua receives the answer that he'd been looking all day to find. How would they defeat the city of Jericho? They would worship the God who was bigger than the walls of Jericho. Now think about that a minute. Whatever you're facing, whatever problem there is in your life, whatever that mountain is that is in your path that you're looking up going, how in the world am I ever going to climb that? Before you do anything else, worship the God who's bigger than the mountain. If you're walking alone in a dark street in the middle of a downtown of a major city, my guess is you're going to be on your guard, looking both ways, listening to see if anybody's walking up behind you, trying to stay in the light, watching for anything that might look dangerous. That's just natural. But now let's imagine you're going down that same street and you've got a police escort. You've got cars and policemen and and just everybody surrounding you as you walk. You're going to have a a different attitude, a, a different methodology. On your own, you know you're an easy target. But with that police escort, you could still be a target, but it's far less likely. Because those who are around you, bigger than those who want to attack you. Joshua was a man of deep faith, but even a man of deep faith can have questions. That's okay. But in the presence of God, his questions changed. His question changed from how will we ever defeat this fortress to what message do you have for me, Lord? That's what happens when we realize we are standing in the presence of God. Our focus changes. Our focus turns from all the challenges that we're facing in life, all those problems that just seem to keep piling up. And our concern changes from how we'll ever climb this mountain So what does God want from our life? That's what worship does. We step into this room this morning. And we come in these doors bearing all kinds of burdens. All kinds of things that are weighing us down. All kinds of problems that we're looking at thinking, how in the world am I ever going to do this? I never expected this. This came out of nowhere. How am I ever supposed to do this? I'm not the one that has the answers. I don't even for sure know the questions. We, we come in here bearing a lot. And here's what every single one of us should pray happens. 
every week as we come into this place and as we gather together and we start to sing about a God who is bigger than all of our problems. And we pray, calling out to a God who has the answer to every question that we have. And we bow before Him, recognizing His glory and His power, His mercy and His grace. Folks, this is a holy place. The Bible says you are a holy people. A priesthood of God. That's what the Bible says a believer is. And our God is greater than all our doubts and all our fears. We can leave this place confident that our God reigns. Heavenly Father, I know represented right here in this room this morning, there's a lot of Jericho's. There's some mighty armies that we're facing. There are some impenetrable walls that we have come up against. And we came into this place this morning bearing some extremely heavy burdens. God, you know that. There's nothing that escapes your sight. Just like you knew as Joshua was walking around that city, you know what we're facing as well. But God, open our eyes. Help us see you're right here. Your power is greater than any of the burdens that we face, any of the problems that are besetting us, all of the things we face. God, you're bigger than all of that. And so today, if we don't get anything else done, We want to worship you. We want to worship you. Because God, when we do that, we'll recognize an extraordinary truth. That you are bigger than all the problems we face. And that what we desperately need is not a a strategy or a plan. Those are helpful. Those are useful. Those will come. But God, what we need far more than that, we need you. Help us to see that, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.